The Plumlee Pod, episode 49. Prepare to lift the lid on all things education, not indoctrination. Your voice of reason for home education. The Plumlee Pod. Hello and welcome to the Plumley Pod. My goodness me, what a week it has been. I have so much information for you, but very luckily for you guys, my husband is out walking the dog. So I have like 30 to 40 minutes max before they come back and destroy the whole thing. And I'll have to do it again and then I'll be cross. So I'm going to have to speak super quick. So those of you who listen on double speed might have to uh, hold that back to one and a half times this week. I don't know. I do apologize for that, but time is short especially as exam season approaches. Students are well underway now with their GCSE exams. And as I'm a GCSE mathematics examiner, I have a whole pile of papers to mark. I believe that starts today. By the time this goes out, I will be marking my first papers of the season. Didn't that year go quickly? Anyway, what's today about? So I'm going to be looking at this go woke, go broke thing. I think there's way more to that than meets. I refuse to believe that all of these enormous corporations who are multi-billion dollar brands are so retarded that they think the rainbow flag and the trans flag and all that crap is going to bring them revenue. I simply don't believe it, but I'll dig into that properly very, very shortly. It's rare I can do one of these without mentioning the banksters, but that's because they control your life. And if you don't think they do, they especially do. We need to become more aware of that. I'm going to be talking about bankster holidays and the inherent unfairness and their nefarious behavior around bank holidays. And death penalty dipshits is what I've written here. Yeah, I said it Sunday morning. Apologies, a little bit of language. Death penalty dipshits. I'm seeing far too many supposedly enlightened awake people screeching about the death penalty, particularly as it's LGBTQP. Yeah, I said P, month. They have a month now to celebrate their debauchery and degeneracy. But we'll, we'll maybe I should save that till last. Anyway, first thing I'm going to get into is the go woke, go broke thing. So you will have seen particularly enormous American companies such as Nike. Who else did we have? We had Target. That's like the supermarket over there, a big supermarket chain. So we had Nike, we had Target, we had Disney. Oh, Bud Light. That's the one that you'll have heard probably quite a lot about in the UK. Bud Light did it. Is it the Dodgers? I don't want to blame the wrong team, but some baseball team has also done something ridiculous along these lines. Now, what I don't understand is perhaps the first of these companies to decide to endorse, have a trans person on their branding, perhaps the first company who tried that maybe made a mistake. Maybe they had some woke goons in their C-suite who thought it would be a fantastic idea to capture this tiny, tiny, tiny minuscule market of people who perhaps don't yet drink their beer or wear their clothes or shop at their supermarket. Now, when that failed spectacularly, I think it was Disney first, although they tried to hush up the numbers for a long, long time. I think the one that's come to the biggest attention most quickly is the recent Bud Light controversy where they put a trans person, I refuse to even call them trans women at this point, a trans person on the front of the cans. And these cans of Bud Light are typically aimed at youngish men. I believe it's a brand that's very, very popular with their frat boys. So like the guys who have just gone to university, the sort of late teens, early 20s mob who like to be men and drink lots of beer and stuff. That was kind of their staple. That was their main market. So then they decided to put 
a tranny on the front and do a big advertising campaign. Way to go, Bud Light. And they lost spectacular amounts of billions in the stock market. And yeah, that was pretty much that. So once one company has done that, do you not think it would be slightly off-putting, a bit of a deterrent to the others? And some people will say, ah, yes, Sarah, but I have a deep understanding of these things. And these campaigns are done months, if not years in advance, blah, 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 blah. Well, first of all, wouldn't you go and check out the size of the trans market? It's thought that 2% of Americans, 2% of Americans in some way identify as trans or as non-binary or as transitioning or as a member of the broader LGBTP, whatever it is, so-called community, 2%. So that means that the other 98%, using my amazing mathematics teacher skills, the other 98% don't really want anything to do with that. So what do you think might happen if you start to market to the 2% and panda and kowtow to the 2% and at the same time deeply irritate at best and totally outrage and anger at worst the other 98%? I'm sorry, I know I'm being extremely patronizing and sarcastic here, but it's beyond retarded. And I simply refuse to believe that the C-suites of these massive global corporations are full of retards. They're just, they can't be. Else, how have they been so successful? So one strand of this argument might be, if they've been extremely successful, it's because they don't have morons in their C-suite. That's why it's, you know, I've heard of Bud Light. I'd heard of Bud Light. I drank Bud Light before this controversy. So that's pretty good branding, isn't it? I live in the middle of nowhere in Europe, Southwest France, and I know of this company. I know it well. I've even consumed some of its products. Well, doesn't that mean doesn't that mean that they're quite good at it? Well, yes, on the one hand, it could mean that. Or have they really been crap all along and they've been helped into that position for convenience of other nefarious entities? I don't know the answer to that and I can't possibly. However, I do encourage you to think like that because all of these things can't be true. You can't have a C-suite full of successful people that steer an international brand so successfully and nobody in Cabbageville's even heard of it, me, Bud Light. And then on the other hand, do something totally ridiculous, which was completely foreseeable. Bud Light had already had the benefit of Disney's horrific losses and Nike's horrific losses. And probably if you're in America, you'll be screaming at me right now because I've missed out a bunch of other companies who've done this. I do apologize for not being quite as on it as you guys with regards to that. But I think I know enough here and I have enough evidence here to make my basic points. What are they doing? Are we really supposed to believe that they thought this was a great idea? Let's hack off the 98% of the population to curry favor with the 2%. I've also heard some quite intelligent people talking about ESG scores, environmental, social, and governance. I think that stands for ESG, environmental, social, and governance. ESG scores, if I may put it bluntly, it's just a social credit score for businesses. That's what it is. And I know that's a conspiracy theory. Well, yeah, in your face. It's the same as the conspiracy theory that I talked about in 2020, the one where the deadly stuff's in the actual vaccine. The disease, if it even exists, isn't going to kill you. It's a Trojan horse job. The dangerous stuff is in those vaccines. I even said, unfortunately, I don't have it on tape, but I even said, and my friends, Joanna Vandelier and Simon Day, co-authors of The Excellent, The TV Delusion, will back me up on this. I even said in March 2020, yes, March 2020, that vaccine already exists. 
I literally said it, that vaccine is in vials somewhere in a warehouse. That stuff already exists because this is classic no problem reaction solution. And yet might sound crazy, but that's what I said. And as time has gone on, I've more and more been proven to have been correct. So these ESGs are social credit scores for business. So they want you to show that your business is taking care of the environment, that you're socially acceptable. So you have trannies in your workplace kind of thing, or you have enough ethnic minorities, whatever. I think the harsh people or the accurate people would call that the diversity pick. And then governance that, oh, we guide and govern our business in a particular way. I suppose HR has probably got its filthy paws all over that ESG scores. So it's being alleged that the reason these companies are committing go woke, go broke suicide They go woke, they endorse BLM or they endorse Trans Lives Matter or they endorse whatever the latest leftist agenda is. And then the vast majority of people stop buying the product. Well, it's alleged that they are doing it because of the ESG scores. Now, it's really important to point out that these ESG scores are not law yet. You don't have to comply with ESG advice and guidance. However, your funding, your ability to apply for credit, your ability to apply for credit as a business can already be affected by your ESG scores. Now, if you have a business of any kind of decent size, at some point you're going to want credit in order to be able to grow. You need to speculate to accumulate. You need to borrow some money to build bigger and better infrastructure so that you can reach more people and then make an even more profitable business. Sorry, that's really basic business school, but you get the idea, right? And I understand perfectly well that people need credit. However, do you want to take credit from people who are going to demand that you have a certain percentage of ethnic minorities in your business just because they think that that's justice or equality or equity. Vile word. Do you want somebody telling you precisely how many trannies you have to have in your office? Do you want someone telling you, oh no, you can't buy that special type of, what would you call it, material? You can't have this building material because it's less environmentally friendly than this one. Do you want people telling you in the business that your own blood, sweat and tears has gone into? Do you want them telling you what you can do? Are they the sorts of people that you should be borrowing money off? The answer is no. And you might say, well, these are the only people. Well, if there are, then that's a terrible problem, isn't it? That's something for the Monopolies Committee to get after, isn't it? You shouldn't only be able to borrow from one kind of people, one set of people with, let's say, any ideology, let alone this highly questionable one, this severe, extreme left cultural Marxist despicable ideology. I really can't fathom it at all. I refuse to believe that all of these independent companies, Nike, Target, Disney, Bud Light, and so on and so on, the LA Dodgers or whoever they are, the baseball team, I refuse to believe that all of these companies are accidentally stumbling across this go woke, go broke thing. I mean, it's all over social media. Just look. Just go and look. Everyone's laughing at you and they're telling you how stupid you are and what you've done. So to me, I don't think it's an accident. I really don't. To me, it looks like controlled demolition. Americans know all about controlled demolition. Well, those who have got eyes to see do. Anyway, I think this is controlled demolition of the US economy. If you're a demon crap, and by the way, I call the Republicans much worse. They're just two cheeks at the same bottom, if I may be so rude and crude on a Sunday morning. I'm not interested in the left-right dynamic. I think it's complete nonsense. The Hegelian dialectic for the super smart ones out there. It's complete nonsense. Man United, Man City, Everton, Liverpool, Arsenal, Chelsea, Red, Blue, Labour, Conservative. You get the idea, right? Republican, Democrat, all the same stuff. It's all a show. It's punch and Judy. It's punch and Judy for different flavours. That's all this is. I think that what's more likely to be going on here 
is that if you're a demon crap, getting re-elected is going to be really difficult because <laughs> what should we call him? Brandon or super slow Joe? Whatever you want. I mean, this guy was obviously a drooling vegetable before he was elected. And anybody who says it's come on since is a moron and wasn't paying close enough attention. The right, the political right, were openly mocking and ridiculing this guy who's obviously senile before he was even allegedly elected. Sorry for anybody who I slipped up for there. I didn't mean he was actually elected. I meant allegedly elected. I'm not sure the results of that election are what we have been told. But anyway, that's a story for another day. So if you're trying to get re-elected as a Democrat, it's going to be extremely difficult because look at the state of the American economy. Look at the state of the open border, the open southern border there with Texas, Mexico. You've got all those illegal immigrants pouring in. Uh, <laughs> that's a good way of getting votes, isn't it, if you're a Democrat? Yeah, we give free money to illegals. Just stick a tick in this box here, son, and all of the rest of it. So if you're going to try to get reelected, you're going to have to come up with something. You've got to have some excuse for the economy. You've got to have some excuse for why the US economy is in the toilet. I hear all of these market experts going on about stagflation. Well, I don't listen to market experts who aren't loaded. If you, th- if you are an expert in the markets, you know about stocks and shares, then how come you're so poor? Why aren't you a multimillionaire? Why haven't you used your knowledge, your privilege, and your expertise and your skills over the years to accrue a massive amount of personal wealth? Guys, you shouldn't be listening to anybody talk about wealth if they're not wealthy. That's why I listen to Gerald Salente of trendsjournal.com. Trendsjournal.com. Gerald Salente, he's loaded. Just check out his gaff, and he tells it straight. Be warned, though, you might not want to watch him when little ears are around because he swears like a trooper, and I love it. Anyway, I do listen to him, and he's been going on for ages. It's not stagflation, it's dragflation, and he will tell you all about that far better than I can. But in any case, if you're a demon crap, you've got to make an excuse as to why the American economy is in the toilet, because we know that goldfish and sheeple have a, about a two-week concentration span as regards mainstream news, it's quite plausible that they're going to use these controlled demolitions of Nike, Target, Disney, Bud Light, et cetera, et cetera, to hold that up as evidence as, oh, this is why the economy went in the toilet, because you you lot are bigots. I think they might have the cheek to turn around and say that. I think if these companies keep falling like dominoes, keep folding like cheap suits over this LGBTQ pedophile month pushing garbage. Yeah, can you believe that? They have a whole month now to push their crap on children. Disgusting. If you have to go and do degenerate things, do them in the privacy of your own bedroom and please don't pour that toxicity on anybody else. What's wrong with that? Why are we thinking this is a bad thing? Drag shows in the streets and pride marches, which is just nothing more than an adult entertainment, very late evening kind of show, isn't it? The kind of things I should never stay up to watch. Good heavens, no. If that's what you do, well, that's up to you. But I'm sorry, it shouldn't be anywhere near children. Since when were drag queens appropriate material or appropriate content for children? Since never. Absolutely never. I don't care how oppressed they claim to be. Not interested. That's an adult problem. Go deal with adults. Stay away from the children. Unbelievable. So for me, I think it's controlled demolition. I think the so-called political left are going to hold up the bigotry of the American right and say that they are responsible for this economic terrorism. I mean, can you believe that? Right-wingers boycott Target because they don't want their children having to see pride. The Target one was to do with clothing, LGBT, whatever, QP, clothing aimed at children, children's size, rainbow clothing, right? So that the political right, to generalize enormously, have decided, right, we're not buying things at Target anymore. We'll go to a rival supermarket 
and we'll take our money elsewhere. Well, the left have called this, like, they've claimed that this is terrorism, a form of terrorism. Yes. Yeah, so when BLM were rioting and literally blowing shit up and smashing shop windows of mom and pop shops and mom and pop restaurants, that was legitimate. That was legitimate political protest, uh, even though it was causing criminal damage. Oh, no, 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 no. These are peaceful protests, says the CNN reporter, as literally shit is being blown up behind him. <laughs> but when the political right decide to take their business elsewhere and go and buy things from different shops, that's terrorism. So I think you'll see the left, as we move towards the election circus in the US, begin to cite these companies going down and blaming the political right, calling it some sort of economic form of terrorism. Yeah, some form of economic terrorism. Instead of what it actually is, people voting with their money, people voting with their feet, which I thought that's what democracy was supposed to be about. Forgive me, having grown up in the UK, I'm not sure I've ever actually lived in one. But from what I've read about how democracy is supposed to operate, I thought that was, you know, free markets. I can buy my stuff where I choose, not where I'm told. I thought that's what it was all about. Anyway, You've heard it here first. I think this is controlled demolition of the American economy. I don't think that these companies are all accidentally, coincidentally hiring trannies and then immediately losing nine billion in nine days or whatever the latest record, 10 billion in 10 days, whatever it is. I just don't think that's possible. And I'm sorry to like poo-poo on your enjoyment of that. Don't get me wrong. Even I feel a little bit of glee when yet another bloated, fat, corporate, global scumbag company appears to lose billions off their theoretical value in the markets. It does amuse me, and I do enjoy seeing them getting panned by the political right on social media. I have to say, a little bit of me, a little dark part of me, does experience that warm glow, that glee that, ha-ha, at last, the tide is turning. But I really think it's false. I don't think that's the case at all. I think this is deliberate. I think it's coordinated. And I think it's controlled demolition. I think I've said enough about that. But I'd be interested to hear what you think about that. And I'll be checking out the comments when I am back in work next week. So next on my list, bankster holidays. I'll keep this brief because you guys must be sick of me going on at the banksters. But actually, it's not really the banksters that I'm having a go at. I'm having a go at all of these so-called organizations that are, oh, I better say what I think they're called. I'm trying to say it without saying the name of it. You know, all these organizations, these online organizations are asking for your money because together, we're going to stand up and we're going to hold power to account. We're going to hold the government to account. We're going to hold corporations to account. We, Yeah, right. Yeah, right. Guys, don't waste your time with these creatures. If any of these entities were real, wouldn't one of their petitions have worked by now? Wouldn't there be evidence that everything that happened over the last three years with regard to COVID has been nullified? It's been acknowledged as a, not just a dreadful mistake, but as a nefarious attempt at grabbing more money and more power from the people. Wouldn't this have all been sorted? And no, I'm going to get one person pointing to some obscure little petition that worked once in about 1933 or something. These write to your MP merchants and these, oh, let's all sign a petition merchants. Come on, guys. Come on. We're grown-ups now. If they were real, wouldn't they be going after the banksters? If these organizations were real, banksters affect us all. Banksters affect us all in our everyday lives, whether we like it or not. And here's my latest gripe, and it's not personal or particular to me. This happens to all of you guys. Over at what's called a bank holiday, you know where you have like a Saturday, Sunday, and then you have bank holiday Monday, say. So over that weekend, money is taken out of your account, but money is not put in. 
So if you buy something on a bank holiday Monday in the UK, the money is immediately debited from your account. You can see that you spend 30 quid on something and minus 30 quid is immediately taken out. However, if somebody pays you 30 quid on bank holiday Monday, you don't see that till Tuesday or Wednesday, the next week, sometimes even Thursday. Now, I can understand back in the olden days when things were done with pencil and and a ledger, pencil and paper, I can understand that the clerk of the bank doesn't want to be in on the bank holiday. He wants to have exactly what it says on the tin, his bank, to have a holiday so he can go off and do what all the original people do and queue up for Legoland in Windsor or bank holiday. He can take a walk around Dinton Pastures like all of the other people with no imagination whatsoever. So yes, of course, he should have the day off and I can understand when things might be on a bit of a go slow for the next few days as he returns to work and catches up on all of the things that happened, all the transactions that took place over bank holiday, banks to holiday. However, are we really pretending in 2023 that this is done with pencil and paper, a ledger and a pencil? Don't be ridiculous. It's all on computers now. Everybody knows that. It's automated. Everything is automated. So how can money be taken out from our accounts on bank holiday, but money not be put in? Why are wages not able to be paid on bank holiday? If the first of the month or what, whichever your monthly day for your salary is, if that happens to fall on a bank holiday, why are you not paid on the bank holiday? Why, when people pay me, if someone transfers me some money for something I did for them, why am I not given that money on bank holiday? Is it because my 30 quid's nothing? But if you imagine like all of the clients of HSBC, for example, or all of the clients of Barclays, just to kind of even it out. If all of those people have 30 quid that's not paid to them, it's held by the bank. Imagine the interest that they can accrue on that. And then they can gamble that interest on their little gambling for middle class people, also known as stocks and shares, can't they? Well, I'm sorry, it's not their right to do that. That's our money. It belongs to us. The only reason it's being held up, supposedly, is because the bank clerk isn't there with his pencil eraser and paper to kind of tot up who owes what to whom. Complete nonsense. It's all automated. And notice how the automation only works in one direction. They will debit your account on a bank holiday, but your account will not be credited on a bank holiday. These people are the scum of the earth. And isn't it getting a bit old now? Isn't this obvious? Why am I pointing this out? Like I'm some kind of freaking oracle. Yeah, right. I'm not, I wasn't even the smartest person in my school, probably. And I went to the local comp. So if I can see this, why can't these organizations that are taking your money taking your attention and your time away from you and purporting to all stand together to make great change, to hold power to account. There's political parties that fall into that category. There are loads of so-called online and awake movements and truth people. Guys, it's just another scam. I'm so sorry that if they were real, they'd be dealing with the real issues. Banks to holidays affect us all. That's our money. It should be going into our accounts, whether it's banks to holiday or not. It's not the banksters doing it now. It's their poncy AI and their freaking computers anyway, isn't it? So sorry, until these so-called movements that are for the people start actually tackling the real issues, I'm out. Lastly, because I've got to hurry now because the beast and the other beast, the dog and the husband, they'll be back any moment and I'll have to re-record this and then I'll be sorry. Death penalty dipshits. Yeah, let's do it. This is something that has been pissing me off for quite some time. And again, apologies to use such language on a Sunday, not smart, but I have to try to convey from time to time my depth of feeling about this. As many of you will know, my face has lots of expression. It's a perhaps overly expressive face, which can be quite annoying. So I'm aware that people can usually see my facial expressions and understand fully what I'm meaning. And actually, when my facial expressions are not there, as in the medium of radio, listening, podcasts, I tend to worry that my voice isn't conveying my 
true feelings. So sometimes I use naughty words, apologies for that, but that's the reason I'm doing it. Now, I'm so angry. I'm very angry about these people who are pro-death penalty. And before you switch off because you think paedophiles should be given the death penalty, just hear me out. I think there's a little bit more to it than that. This largely comes from Americans on the right. If you spend any time on Getter, you'll realize that Getter's where all the people on the right went when Twitter went totally woke-tarded and left. It's unbalanced. It's in many places unhinged. And it's starting to seep into the British consciousness as well. I'm seeing an awful lot of intelligent British people, or people whom I thought were intelligent, going on about reintroducing the death penalty for certain crimes. Now, my argument is that that puts an awful lot of trust in the state. That is putting an awful lot of trust in the state. And stop screaming at me about juries not being the state. I'll come to that point in a moment. You are putting ultimate faith, because that's your life potentially, there but for the grace of God go I. There but for the grace of God. But for the grace of God, it would be me in that dock facing the death penalty rather than this paedophile or that person or whatever, that bank robber. Actually, bank robbers, are they the good guys? Robin Hood? I don't know. That's for another day. That's for another day. But the state should never, in my opinion, have the power to put anybody to death because they simply cannot be trusted. Look at what the state has just done during the COVID scam. Look at how they treated you. Look at how they colluded with the politicians, the media, the law enforcement, and their pharmaceutical industry. Just look at the conspiracies that went on there, the conspiring behind the backs of the British public to do harm to British people, kill British people, maim them for life. Look at how much they lied to you and have lied to you always. Weapons of mass destruction in Iraq. Come on. Look at the lies on 9-11. You've got Building 7 in the background and that stupid BBC woman is telling you that Building 7's just collapsed. No, it hasn't, love. It's right there behind you. Oh, no, it hasn't. It's Punch and Judy, isn't it? Disgraceful. They're the lying lies of lies. So why would you trust them to put somebody to death? Don't get me wrong. I am not defending paedophiles, not in the slightest. But... Can you not foresee a situation where you could be set up? They might say that you or your husband is a paedophile and they might even have evidence, fake evidence that they've manufactured. Do you not think that's possible? If you don't, you're naive. I'm sorry to say, very naive. Anybody can be made to look bad. Anybody. Anybody can be fit up for anything. Anybody. And you're going to say, well, it's not the state who decides, it's the jury. Is it? Is it the jury? You don't think the jury are prone to fancy lawyer tricks? You don't think that a good barrister is adept at winning over a jury and getting them to do what he or she fancies? You think that the judges have no influence or impact over juries? Do you think there are even 12 people who are your peers anymore? Seriously, think about that. Are there 12 people in the whole of Britain that you would regard as your peers? Because I'm finding that difficult. And that's not because I think I'm smart or because of this or that. It's just because that I have a much better understanding of state corruption than the average person on the street. The average person on the street thinks their government looks out for them, thinks the government does the best they can for them, thinks the government is full of good people doing the right thing. Bloody isn't. And there's overwhelming amounts of evidence, but the average person doesn't want to look at evidence. As I pointed out to somebody in Alex Thompson's Telegram channel the other day, The average Brit can't even read a simple graph. COVID-1984 proves that. If the average Brit could read a simple graph, the scamdemic would never have happened. But they couldn't. They seem to think cumulative frequency is the same as a frequency polygon. Wrong. It's not. 
It just isn't. And you don't even need to be intelligent to know that. It's like a grade D or a grade C topic at GCSE mathematics, which these days is no great standard, let me tell you. Let me tell you. So I'm sorry, I don't think that this concept of having 12 of your peers judge you, I don't think it works. I really don't. I don't think there's very many people. Of course, there are 12 people who, in the whole of Britain, who are technically my peers. Of course there are. But are the 12 people who are Alex Thompson's peers? Now I'd really start to struggle. (laughs) Alex Thompson of the UK column, very, very intelligent, wise, well-read gentleman. And I think, goodness me, if he was up on a charge, I would be mortified if I was on that jury because I don't think I'm smart enough to judge Alex Thompson in a case that he was allegedly involved in. By the way, this is completely hypothetical, so please don't go there. But I think it's worth pointing out that this concept of, oh, 12 of your peers will decide on your guilt or innocence. Uh, No, I don't think so. I'm not actually sure that that's, uh, that's entirely appropriate anymore, especially in this era where some people are wakening up at an extreme rate, a rapid rate, and other people are so woefully asleep, I don't think they'll ever wake up. They could live a hundred lifetimes and never even sniff that the government's out to get them. I just don't see it. So let's run with the idea that you do have 12 of your own. Let's run with that idea. So hypothetically, there are 12 people from across Britain who are at least as awake as I am. I'm up on a charge for something and they're my jury. Well, hang on a minute. The people who investigate crimes, the detectives, work for the state. The people who do the arresting on warrants or whatever, work for the state. The barristers, defence and prosecution, certainly prosecution, and in some cases defence also, work for the state. The judges work for the state. The clerk of the court works for the state. All of the people that have brought you to that courtroom are part of state apparatus. You think that can't be rigged? You You think that judges aren't owned, Jeffrey Epstein style? None of those British judges have been on the Lolita Express, have they? Really? Well, I don't know, but until they release the logs, we're not going to know, are we? And why won't they release those logs in full? Hmm? They don't want us having those lists, do they? No. No, 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 no. So I'm sorry, I just don't think it's very intelligent thinking at all. I think it shows a lack of empathy there, but for the grace of God go I. Why is it so difficult to put yourself in someone else's shoes? You could be up on a murder charge, something that you didn't even commit, didn't even know about, wasn't even there, and you could be fitted up by the state apparatus, and 12 of your own could well convict you. It has happened. It has happened. If even one man goes to the gallows, if even one man is executed by the state wrongfully, it's one too many. You don't get a second chance, do you? Hello? So why are you okay with this concept of death penalty? It's just as utopian as the leftards, the liptards. And I think we need to really start having a word with each other, particularly people who identify themselves as conservative or right-leaning, or maybe even people who are apolitical and just believe in Old Testament and this, that, and the other. By the way, guys, there's a reason we have a New Testament. What was it Jesus said in the New Testament? I'm going to badly paraphrase this, but the sense will be correct. Let he who hath no sin cast the first stone. Let he who hath no sin cast the first stone. Or we'd be struggling for an executioner, wouldn't we? Is there anybody on this earth that has committed no sin ever? Are you kidding me? And wasn't that Jesus's point? Anyway, I didn't mean to turn this into a Sunday sermon, but hopefully you you take my point. I really think we ought to start challenging people on our own side. It's all very well and good challenging people who are asleep, (laughs) if you're still doing that. (laughs) I take my hat off to you. I can't be bothered. Too much effort, not worth it for me. But if you're still doing it, good for you. But I think we should start challenging people on our own side to be more open-minded because 
there, but for the grace of God, go I. Any of us could be stood in that dock. Any of us could be fitted up for anything. And there are dozens, well, more than dozens, there are hundreds of examples throughout history where people were obviously fit up for capital murders. And interestingly, interestingly, I have just such, I have a father of a man who has been fitted up for capital murder, and he's coming on the podcast in the next week or two. So I will let you sit back and listen to this man and hear what he has to say. It's all very well listening to me preaching from the pulpit on a Sunday morning about this stuff. But my goodness me, this is real. This is happening now. A gentleman whose son is locked up in Ireland for at least the next 40 years, 40 years for a murder that I can't see any evidence he committed. And I really mean that. I really, really mean that. But more about that in the next week or so on this very podcast. So death penalty is for dipshits. Start challenging. We've got to challenge our own side. When I say own side, I'm not talking politically particularly, although political lines do tend to fall. If you're more on the conservative side, you're more likely to be pro-death penalty. If you're on the left of centre, you're less likely to. I'm not really talking politically speaking. I'm talking about people who are awakening. We've got to be careful that we don't go too far. Listen, don't get me wrong. I want Matt Hancock to suffer. I really want the likes of Matt Hancock, Boris Johnson, all of those guilty people who are forgetting names already here, aren't we now? What were those other goons called? The so-called doctors, the science bods. They're slipping my mind, but they're in there somewhere. You'll be screaming their names at me. I cannot recall in this moment. Neil Ferguson, there you go, Professor Pantsdown. These people should all face justice if we can ever get back to a state where we actually could theoretically even have that. Because anybody could be fitted up. And I'm not saying Professor Pantsdown, Neil Ferguson, was fitted up. I suspect he he went along with it and knew what he was doing. He's the go-to man, isn't he? He was the BSE BS. He was the bird flu BS. He was the COVID-1984 BS. He's got a litany. I would pity his defence lawyer if it ever came down to it. But you have to keep open-minded. Even he, even he could have been set up. Even the information that we've consumed might be fake. It might have been deliberately put there to make sure that when justice comes around to eventually being done we get the wrong man and the people who are really responsible for this get away with it. So I just urge you to please, please keep an open mind and for goodness sake, don't let something like death, I wouldn't even allow life imprisonment to be in the hands of the state. And like I said, it's not the jury, it is the state. Everybody that gets you into that dock is an apparatus of the state. And the only thing that could possibly save you is if you've got enough decent, awake, intelligent, articulate people on that jury of 12. And those odds are not good. Bearing in mind the average person is of less than average intelligence, sorry to put that to you, but it must be, that's called statistics, the bell curve, 50-50, half of the people, half of the other people, come on. Like, I'm sorry, this isn't a good situation. That jury is at best a safety net and a very, very holy, leaky colander or sieve type safety net, isn't it? When you think of it. So please, let's think about these things more carefully before we start bandying around ideas such as the death penalty for paedophiles or murderers or whatever, because you never know when it's going to be you or your loved one that is fitted up for something they did not do. I think I'm going to leave that as a little teaser for next week. I'm very much hoping to bring you that unbelievably emotional story about the young man who has been locked up for a murder he did not commit in real time. He was locked up in 2020. It's happening now. This isn't 100 years ago. This happened now, and it's still happening. It's ongoing now. The appeals process is in motion now, all right? This stuff is real. I'm not just talking about it. 
we talk and write about that which we know, or at least we should be. And hopefully you can hear that. I pray that you can hear that in my voice. That's all for this week. I've given you the go woke, go broke suiciders, the controlled demolition of the US economy question mark. I've given you my bit on the bankster holidays and how it's all bent one-sided and nobody's really fighting for us. And if they are, they ain't addressing the real issues, question mark. And finally, death penalty dipshits. Please keep challenging people who are awakening and are angry, understandably angry about what has taken place. But we must, the people who are awakening have a responsibility to ensure that things are dealt with calmly, as professionally, as properly, and as justly as possible. That's all from me for this week. I wish you a fantastic remainder of your school Whitson holidays, and I will see you back here same time, same place at 9am, as always, on Sunday. Ladies and gentlemen, your children can either be educated or schooled, and these things are mutually exclusive. Take back your individual sovereignty and that of your family. Visit sarahplumley.substack.com and subscribe for free to stay up to speed with all things education, not indoctrination. 